Oh, give me the sheep, boys, and free my soul. Don't want to get shot by a mean old troll. That's pretty lame. That's right. It's America's most sheepish podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I'm a bad, bad boy. I'm Ben Sheets, a.k.a. controversial rapper DeBobby. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh-huh. There's also a bah pun. Uh, uh, what? So, sorry, I fell a sheep. Uh, it's me, Cleveland Mosher. How are y'all? I mean, I feel like that would have been better for Ben on this episode. True. Uh, so it would seem. But we're back. We're talking about the uh, brand new or relatively new uh, Icelandic horror film. We'll talk about that. Uh, Lamb. Uh, directed by Valdemar Johansson and starring Numi Rapace and several other gentlemen who I'm not going to do the disservice of attempting to pronounce their names. Um, that's what that's what IMDb is for, if you're curious. Bjork's uh, cousins. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, of course. There's only like three people who live in the whole country, and <laughs> yeah. one of them is Bjork. So by that uh, uh, assumption, then everybody is Bjork's cousin. Yeah, I think Correct. Robert Eggers' new movie is Double the Population. Double the Bjork. <laughs> Double the Bjork. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the, the newest uh, A24 vehicle. I think this should be a, a pretty interesting episode, because um, I think for the first time since like our the Green Knight episode, um, we're not all in, in accordance on this one. But it's okay to think differently about things. It is. Yeah. Uh, As you'll learn. Ben, you did not like this movie very much. I found uh, it, you could say I found it pretty baffling. Oh, okay, all um, right. Uh, Cleve, you did you did like this movie quite a bit. I can't argue with the pun, but I uh, I do disagree. I adored this film, yes. And uh, I once... B- adored, uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty... Uh, ballin'. Oh, there we go, ballin'. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was that. I thought it was really good. And uh, once again, I'm somewhere in between you guys, but leaning definitely more towards towards Cleveland side of things. I, I have overall positive feelings about this film. It's a little um, different from Green Knight. You know? Yeah, this is this is a movie where even though I liked it, I can totally understand and to a degree even sympathize with just about any complaint you could level at this movie. Same. We'll talk about it, but... Uh, before we do, I think a good way to ease into this movie is to talk about it in terms of its marketing, because it's a conversation that's come up a few times uh, relatively recently. Uh, we talked about that in regards with uh, Malignant, how the trailer did not really correctly advertise what type of film that was going to be, and I think this is another case of that, but in kind of the opposite direction. I mean, man, I feel bad for A24 because... I would have a really hard time figuring out how to market a movie like this. Yeah. Um, It's very much a slow burn, kind of impressionistic slice of life movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. And the the plot, I would say, is pretty thin overall. Yeah. In terms of like events that happen in the film, there's not a whole lot that goes on. And they're releasing it in like the spooky season. And. Pretty much all of the advertising around this movie, uh, for the most part, outside of like director interviews, uh, which I found quite contradictory to how the film was marketed, 
Uh, I understand why now. But the the advertising around this film like definitely paints it as like a horror film, like the yeah. like the newest the newest it, foreign horror from A twenty four. It honestly left me scratching my head because I I saw a pull quotes before we saw this movie like the most visceral disturbing movie A twenty four has put out in years. Yeah, this film no. will haunt you to your bone, and it's like. Not Did really. we watch yeah, the same no. movie? I mean, yeah. I love the film, but I definitely don't think that about it. So, okay, I have a number of thoughts. This is another great example of a film where I just, I really wish I could uh, go back in time and uh, Men in Black mind wipe myself after seeing the trailer. I think a lot of the problems that we're encountering here, not all, but a few of them at least, are because... There's a reasonable, I'll say reasonable, like amount of horror in this movie, but it's all given away in the trailer. Like, yes, because this is a very slow paced film. The trailer condenses it like, you know, condenses a lot of those sequences. So it hits all the high points in the film. So we're left with like the slow sequences in between what we kind of already know is coming because we've seen the trailer. And if we didn't know going in. I think there would have been a lot more tension in the air for us. There's only one real surprise in the film. It's at, at the, the very, at, very at the end. end. And, we and even need, still, like, we it's don't kind need of to expected. Talk about it. Yeah, like, we don't need to talk about it yet. Um, so, I, like, the horror was, was pretty well stripped away, and I'm largely blaming the trailer. Like, I think the trailer shows almost all of the horror. Yeah, I kind of wish that the trailer had, like, marketed it as less horror and just weird. Like, it should have gone for, hey, guys, like, I think I think the approach would have been, hey, guys, this is a weird movie, and it's a quiet film. And, you know, like, kind of brought in a little bit more of that into the trailer. It's hard to say, but, like, you know, you got to put asses in seats. you got to show, like, your best moments, your snappy stuff. I get it, but in the same breath. So much of horror is is the unknown, you know? Like, it's the, the reverse of comedy. Like, you're waiting for the, the punchline, the revelation. And we already have all the revelations going in, well, and it's a and, damn shame. And there's, there's this other aspect to, like, the film itself outside of the trailer. I do agree with you. Like, pretty much every single one of the aspects of horror in the film is shown in the trailer. Yeah, and that knowledge of, strips it of, of its fear. A lot of times it's even just shots, not even scenes. But there is a tone to the film that I think the score uh, has a pretty heavy hand in, where even though the film isn't really a horror film, there's kind of like this constant expectation of like impending doom. Dread. And there's impending dread that sort of pays off. But it's it. I mean, it. Def- I feel like it deflates a lot of the scenes because there's constantly this feeling of like something bad's about to happen, and then n- n- it doesn't really. There are a couple of moments where it gets very close to something bad happening, and it's like, oh uh, no, not not really. Yeah, and I mean, I I've seen a lot of people talk about the dread of this movie, and to me, I didn't get that. Whatsoever. It's mostly it's, it's mostly in the music. Yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly in, the, in music, the music, and even so, like I've seen weird soundtracks to non horror movies before. Mm. To me, this movie, <laughs> I mentioned it coming out of the theater, but it, it felt like a twenty four Stuart Little. Yes, like, I believe I believe the term you used was art house Stuart. Yeah, Little. M- mechanically, which, yeah. Which like, you're absolutely <laughs> on right paper, about. yes. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, on paper for sure. It, it feels like an absurdist drama about surrogate parenthood. Actually, you know, 
follows similar themes to Titan in some ways. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the genre classification pedant because that's fucking lame as shit. Sure. But like, <laughs> true. it's weird to, you know, categorize this movie as such a horror movie when I feel like that's kind of stripping a of what it is. Mm, I would agree. Um, oh, it's not solely horror, but it definitely falls in. There are many other things you can classify this film as as well, but, like, there are plenty of moments in this film, like, especially to, like, co- going into it without knowledge. That, yeah, that for allowed me, to the sense of dread was how many doors they left open. Like, do you know how to close your doors yeah. in Iceland? Is well, that not a thing? I, I mean, I think that that is also partially by design. A lot of the, the tension in the film is anxiety over this child, which I wasn't expecting. You know, I was expecting we'd be more worried for the, the parents or whoever else. And this child was going to be, well, we should spoil. Like, I shouldn't maybe, honestly, from this point on, we should probably just call it. Like, yes, so, like we had very different views. I adored it. I adored the film. If you haven't seen the trailer, even better, go watch it now before you because that's you know the whole point of my previous statement um uh, and if you've seen it i would still very much recommend it it's it's a quiet film it's maybe not as like full of action and you know as, as vivid as as some people might want yeah, out of a not, movie but i i really like a movie it, i can see it's not in. a film that i would recommend to probably most people i would say i i also liked it i would say check it out if you're into like artsy foreign films that are very slow with like a touch of the absurd and a, and like an edge of darkness if that sounds like something that's up your alley check it out if that sounds uh confusing and boring to you give this one a pass yeah and like on one hand i want to say wait till it's on vod but on the other hand like if you think you'll like this movie it's probably best to see it in theaters because it is a very beautiful movie Aesthetically, yes. That being said, by the time this episode comes out, I doubt it's going to be anywhere. Yeah, maybe you can see it at the uh, the art house. We we saw it a week ago at the time of recording, which is two weeks to when it's going to be released, and and there's one showing per day. Um, Yeah. So, you know, um, anyway. Let's get into it. Yeah, the, the story as, uh, uh, at a glance, is... Numi Rapas and uh, her husband live and work on a sheep farm in rural Iceland. And one day, one of their sheep gives birth to a half-human, half-sheep child, which they then try to raise as their own, as a surrogate for their own daughter, who died from something... In, from them um, leaving the damn doors from them open. the damn door open <laughs> in events prior to the film taking place. The husband's brother shows up at one point, adds uh, some some tension that, you know, we can talk about. But other than that, that's pretty much the movie. There's something that happens at the end that we'll get into. It has a good sheepdog um, in it. It has it has a good sheepdog. Very good Lots sheepdog. of very good sheep. As, and, as a proud owner of an Aussie shepherd. Always nice to see not always nice to see a shepherd dog. Yeah, lots of very lots, good dog. lots of animals in in this movie. Lots of very good sheep. That good, I like a lot. good animal yeah. shots. I think the this movie is a feat just on the how well of how or you know, or a hoof, yeah, or a paw. 
What the fuck was I saying? Uh, <laughs> it's it's real hoof uh, in respect to like its animal handling. Mm. Um, it can't be easy to get shots like that. Like there there are so many incredible sequences, both with the dog and also with the sheep, that I, I can only imagine being just a nightmare to wrangle. And uh, yeah. mad respect, it all feels so natural. I mean, the animals do feel quite emotive in this movie. Yeah, which totally. Is pretty impressive. And I, I think that one of the 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 film's definite strongest suits uh, in general is the is the sheep child Ada, uh, who is exceptionally cute. Wow, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I would I would die for this sheep Dude, child. That's my point from a moment ago. I I thought this movie, uh, the trailer led me to think uh, this is one of the few subversions I think that remained. The trailer led me to think that I would be aghast at this abomination for, for the majority of the film that That's I would feel... how they treat it. Yeah, like... This, like, mo- this little monstrous, mm-hmm. like, Caliban kind of beast child, Ooh, you know? Yeah, well-referenced. And, yeah, I, I was under the impression it was going to be like that, where the couple are hanging on to this child out of more, like, desperation because they'd lost their own, and we are sort of going to be left in the middle as this thing probably, you know, ruined their lives or whatever. And, frankly, that wasn't the case at all. Uh, it immediately won me over, uh, and, yeah, I thought it was the most adorable thing I'd ever seen. Uh, it's it's incredibly cute. The special effects are great. There's a number of sequences where, like, you can tell it's CG, but yeah. it's good CG. Especially like, as, as, as the child gets older and is, like, running and walking around and doing things like yeah it's cg but they they do some some nice tricks that are like it's it, it definitely they just got like a lamb and put like a little sweater on it yeah or something, they do practicals know, like, yeah, everywhere it, they can and they even composite where they can mm-hmm. and uh for that i have mad respect i think that's like the best way to utilize cg <laughs> i just you know it's like only where necessary think of the juxtaposition the most visceral horror you've seen this year <laughs> and I then know. and then ada doing the little jig uh with the the drums <laughs> yeah right. it's like, like also like right after titan came out you know titan or whatever <laughs> yeah. like it's just it's just not comparable in the no. least um like no that's not what i got out of this film in any capacity who the fuck made that quote like that's not in the trailer where did you see that tagline ben uh critics there were dumb there was, critics yeah, there's a lot talking about how scary this movie was and as a critic myself yeah. it's like maybe maybe <laughs> only maybe only if you're like deeply horrified by the thought of like what if a child had a sheep's head like ooh spooky i guess but like cool we got that in the trailer she, like very, yeah but she's very cute uh and like her interactions with the rest of the characters are very sweet i do think there is a degree of for me like minor tonal disparity because the majority of the film i except for like a few key moments i found uh quite sweet and there's just like constantly like the music and sort of like the like the dreary like gray atmosphere of Iceland is like telling us like hold on to your boots something bad's a coming like something wicked this way comes and I mean like by technicality for sure at the end something bad does happen sure but it's not but as grand as the score leaves you to believe it's, I think it's what you're saying it's not and it feels yeah. it feels like we can talk more about this when we talk about the ending but what happens at the end like the bad thing that happens feels like an external force acting on them from outside when the way the trailer presents it is that it's like an internal thing that like the like you said like that the the sheep child is like maybe 
evil or something and like starts to corrupt the family or you know maybe starts killing people or or like turning them to satan or something like that like that's sort of the way that it's that it's presented because like the trailer shows a lot of stuff of like these people like they're the people are going mad they're going crazy you know and there's this mysterious sheep child and it's like it's not really representative of what actually happens in the film. And then the bad thing happens at the end, like comes from externally bad thing happens. And then the movie's yeah. over. I will say the, it the is external. Like, makes it seem like it's the omen with the sheep yes. where it's yes. really yes. not an hmm. evil, evil kid. Yeah. The external thing I do think ties in like to the plot in a very cool way. It does. I think that like you're, the, you're, that Ada does act as like a mirror in a very cool way. You're, you're not you're not wrong, but it doesn't feel like a central enough part of the film. It doesn't feel like it's an important part of of the core of the film. Not like the family story so much. Like it it gets the film going and then it acts upon the characters at the end. And we can talk about the beginning to sort of like ease into that a little bit. Do it. The film starts with like it's a like Christmas time, uh, and there's like a snowstorm, and we're like moving through the storm, like towards this farm, seemingly from like the perspective of something out in the storm. We can hear it breathing heavily, um, demonic sounding. Yeah, so, something monstrous, bestial. Yeah, something something monstrous and bestial. Uh, yeah, I should, and, yeah, mon- monstrous is a much better word because it's exclusively not demonic. Yeah. And and you know then like we see to wonder, we I see like. the the sheep in the barn and we hear like something walk in with like heavy footfalls and like we hear its breath and then like we see Numiripas at the window like staring out into the storm and like they're listening to some like Christmas broadcast on the radio or something jump forward in time to presumably summer in Iceland, I'm guessing, because, like, the sun never sets. It's constantly night, light, like, even when they go to bed. So I'm guessing it's the summertime, uh, and that's, you know, when the sort of events of the film take place. So there is kind of this, like, looming presence from without that's, like, that has, like, entered their lives and is presumably the father of this cheap child. Like, that's pretty obvious, Right. Like, I don't think that's really a spoiler. (laughs) But once again, like I said, it's absent from pretty much the entire film, except for like one brief scene, like midway through where it kind of appears again. Have any of y'all read All Things Bright and Beautiful? No, no. It's a series. Uh, It's from an old like song or biblical quote. It's all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, etc. But it's a series of books about a vet in like northern england um who delivers farm animals and other stuff and it's a series of short stories you know around that and it's it's largely from what i remember like it's memoirs it's like the author was was a vet um or you know they're they're near truths and uh this brought on a lot of that same imagery was in my head you know though it's in iceland instead uh like the you know like birthing the sheep and all the rest of it it felt uh, and and those sweet moments with fa- the family, like it it did it did bring me back and kind of remind me of like the the sweet moments in those books, you know, because there are there are stories like in that do get pretty dark, you know, at times, yeah, you know, and they deal with you know like the real like trials of life and the beauty there as well. And well, I, mean, I think I think uh, I appreciated the variety 
like in in this movie for that. The uh, film is very it's very pleasant and like pastoral and like a lot of the the events of the film revolve around just like life on the farm, you know, fixing the tractor, taking the sheep out to pasture, birthing the new lambs, stuff like that. Like just very simple but, you know, there also happens to be a half human half sheep child that's hanging around being very cute like you know there is this sort of like overhead like this dark cloud looming overhead is like who is the sheep child's father when when is he going to to come back to the farm you know because like of course that's going to happen i remember showing the trailer to one of my colleagues and them saying oh shit the husband fucked a sheep making it out like the whole movie was going to be about like the wife doubting it she's like look at the way she's looking at him he's gonna have to try it like you know whatever and i'm so glad the movie never touched on that i really really appreciate that the movie never like brought up the fact that like yo did like did the husband like fuck this sheep you know like like there's never doubt in her eyes either like because it would be on her because like we get we get the sequence you know with the the monster and like that's even in the trailer you know where like it's it's coming in you know we know that there's like a some sort of large presence and uh, I, I they really were appreciate. Just really torn up about losing their kid. He yeah, had to right. turn. To... Yeah, <laughs> they, they just appreciate wherever the kid comes from, and and I I, I just really appreciate well, yeah, it. They, they, they never yeah. bother going down that route. Um, I feel like there there could have been an opportunity for like the brother to say something along those lines, and I'm glad I'm glad that they didn't even there. It it's was like, hey, bro, did you... Uh, this did thing you, is half human. Did you like, fuck a sheep? Where is the dude? human, you know, yeah. like, involved in the scenario? There's only one human male, like, like around, you know, that we know of. I really appreciate that that was never brought into question. Well, that's the thing is, like, nobody ever... I mean, they're in Iceland. They're not in Wales. <laughs> no, nobody ever really, like... Apologies to our Welsh listeners. <laughs> nobody ever really, like, questions how the existence of the child is possible like the brother sort of does but even so it's more it's not even him like being like how is this possible it's like why are you raising this animal why are you treating this animal like it's a human it's not the how it's It's, the what yeah it's like what like like, what are you doing why are you treat like why are you trying to raise this animal this abomination like it's a like it's a human child but even he isn't even like like have you not even stopped to consider like where this like how this thing is even possible like where did it come from the parents don't ask at all like when Ada is first born, like they, they, like when they literally pull her out of the sheep, they share this moment of like looking at each other, like what the fuck. But from that moment on, they just immediately accept. They take her inside. They they swaddle her. Mm-hmm. I will say, I mean, the the trailer completely spoils it. But like setting the trailer aside, I do kind of like how long they go before actually showing that Ada is half human because like they don't they don't show it when she's first born and for like probably a good 20 30 minutes after that we only ever see like the little sh- the little lamb's head like sticking out of like a blanket in a crib or something like we know that like we know that in like the way they look at each other and the way they sort of talk that there's something unusual about this this sheep but 
they go for a long time without revealing that it's like a, a human sheep hybrid. Again, the trailer spoils this completely, but if you were to go into the movie having not seen the trailer and knowing nothing about it, I think that could be an interesting little subversion. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't feel like it ultimately matters that much because no. uh, you know, they don't really care about the how. No. I honestly like this movie plays like a comedy a lot of times it does. for me. Mm-hmm. Um because they don't really consider the how and they just roll with it. And they're very They just accept it. Yeah. yeah. Well it, it it it's not a matter of them like just rolling with it it's denial they've been given another chance at being parents they they are going to willfully look away at where it came from that's all i read into it yeah i personally. don't know if it's so much as denial it's just like immediate acceptance they don't care where it comes from it's not like they're denying that it could have a a, a you know a strange reason for existing but mm-hmm. it's just they don't care like you say it is it is a, a second chance for them something that i a, a real a reveal that i thought was interesting is that uh like probably halfway through the movie when we see uh numi rapas like at their child's grave with the the little sheep child we see that their daughter who died for you know an accident or illness or whatever was also named Ada. They just straight up yeah. gave this sheep child their mm-hmm. dead daughter's name, which I did not expect, and I thought that that was like a, a an, an interesting little revelation. It's like, man, they are really just like this is just their daughter again. Very like Teton, you know, yeah. it was surrogate and parenthood. Um, it's not like this is a new daughter for them to raise. Like this is their, their daughter reborn. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how they're trading. And the reason the comedy plays for me is like, even the brother doesn't really question the how. And I think part of it is because of empathy of understanding the, the grief and surrogate parenthood that they're going through. But also, there's some absurdism there sure. at play. Quite a bit. That's inherently funny. Um, the other thing is, like, one of the more interesting aspects of this film that that plays into is the kind of dominance over animals that's at play between humans and animals. Mm. Yes. Um, because, Sharing the earth. Yes, because through the film, you know, as Ada grows, the sheep mother... Um, you know, kind of follows them around and is just, yeah, bawing at them. Standing outside their window all night, like, bleeding. Yeah, like, knows that that its child, its lamb, is inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that aspect of it, too. I, I wish they had, I almost wish they had done more with it. They kind of do away with that aspect of it like pretty quickly and abruptly i mean they do a little bit more in subtle ways like for example Mm -hmm. their dog they don't even give the dog a name they just call it dog Dog. Mm -hmm. and like this is another example of them showing how they look at animals especially as farmers but like also the uh the brother when he's trying to become friends with ada he grabs some grass and starts feeding her like yeah, a sheep. Like a, well, like a sheep. Yeah, at that point he's still he's not trying to become friends. Like like he's he's being 
Like he's treating it like an abomination. Like like the grass thing is like a shame well, thing. Well, he's treating it like an animal, yeah. not yeah. like an abomination. He's like, this is an animal. This is not a child. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to coax it with some yeah. grass. Which ones yeah. is like historically that's that how abominations to, are treated. It's I mean, it's an insult know, to like how his brother and and uh, his brother's wife like feel about like this child is a human. And an, so like an him insult. doing that is like yes, you know. it's, an, it's an insult to them. But I will push back on the abomination thing a little bit because. If he were treating it like an abomination, there is a level of disgust. And Abomin- I mean, abomination applies something that is uh, that is unnatural and revolting to you. We certainly and he doesn't treat her like that at first. He just treats her like an animal. We certainly he's saying, "Oh, you sweet little you you." He, while he's feeding her grass, he's like, "Oh, you're such a sweet little lamb, such a cute little lamb." It's treat it's talking to her like an animal. It is disrespectful to the way his brother and sister in law are treating her as a child. It's it is condescending, but he's not. He, I, he's not treating her like like she's repulsive to him or anything. Yeah, and I mean, he certainly gets to the point where it, he feels like Ada is an abomination when like he takes her out and right. brings the gun and is getting ready to shoot her. Well, I I think there's an important distinction there too, and I do want to talk about that because I do. That's one of the things I actually like about the film. Again, I don't think that is out of disgust towards Ada. Look at how the scene ends. He's unable to shoot her. The reason he does that is because he thinks that this is bad for his brother and wife because they are raising what he believes to be an animal as a human child. They're clothing her. She's sitting at the table to eat with them. And he knows that they're obviously still grief-stricken at the loss of their daughter. The way I interpret it is he's thinking like, yo, this is not good for you. This is like, this is insane. Like you're treating, (laughs) you're treating this animal like it's a child. So I'm going to take action to remove this from your life. And so he takes her out into the field with with the rifle to put a bullet in her head and and kill her and that's one of the tensest scenes in the film mm-hmm. but it ends with him being unable to he he pointing the gun in her face and he can't and what's the very next thing we cut to is Numi Rapace waking up being like, oh my god, where's Ada? Where's Ada? Like, running around the house better looking. check through all these open doors. Right, better look look through all the open doors, look over the house. And what does she find is Ada and the uncle asleep in a chair with him, like, cradling her, holding her like a child. That juxtaposition is is one of my favorite things about the movie. I thought that was really sweet to take that like really tense scene where he's like, oh, he's going to take their child out into the field and fucking shoot it. And then he's like, no, I can't do this. And from that moment on, he accepts and treats her like a child, like like a human child. I really like that read. Um, I'll, I'll go as far as to to agree and even say too. I wish horror did this more often. It's really gratifying when not every dark moment has a dark payoff. It's a lot more effective than a false jump scare. You know, we're looking into like like the act of scaring, uh, the act of scaring someone with a false jump scare where the friend jumps out instead. It's still yeah. startling. Um, and and here it can be really effective too to have like a long arc of tension that's finished off with like a positive payoff. It's really rewarding. It's a motif. It's a 
a mechanic that isn't like often enough used. I, I always like it when it's used in, in horror as well. And I, again, like we can, you know, we could debate all night and day, like whether this is horror or not, but like that, that for me was, was quite gratifying. It's a very heartwarming human moment. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And, and I, I think that the film does kind of do itself a disservice with that moment. However, in the fact that that hmm. is the tensest moment of the film and it never reaches that point again. I don't think I like the rest of the film. I like other parts of the film, but that moment had me on the edge of my seat more than anything else. The film does after it. And yeah, it, it almost, it almost feels as if the rest of the film is not quite able to, to live up to the emotional impact of that sequence hmm. of the fear of, of him leading her out into the field in the middle of the night, holding the gun to then the reveal of, uh, you know, him asleep with her in his arms after that. And, you know, that, that sweet moment, like that's such a, a, a deeply impactful, like emotional tug of war that like, I don't think the film ever quite lives up to it. After yeah, that. and I feel like in a lot of ways this movie is too subtle for its own good by stripping us of many emotionally driven or emotionally charged scenes. Like it just starts feeling empty. Interesting. And like we we certainly get an emotionally charged scene right there, mm. and I I feel like the that strong emotion comes through and really drives the film in a strong way. And I feel like. There are certainly emotive elements to the movie in terms of kind of finding those sweet, tender moments of parenthood. However, it, it's just not enough. Interesting. To keep me I, engaged. For me, like, I really like the latter sequences in the film uh, and also felt, found a lot of tension in them, uh, largely with the sequence when they're all, they're all drunk watching the game and the VHS tapes of uh, the brother and his rocker years, which we're definitely going to get into. But, uh, but I, but I scene, thought there yeah. was a lot of tension there with not knowing if Otta was going to leave the house because we hear the footsteps outside and we know that the creature is, you know, presumably near. And it's... Because they leave the door open. And that whole, like, long sequence is... Well, because at that point they trust Otta. And so that, that works. And... Uh, there, and that is a ten. It is a tense moment, and it's and it's but, it's you know I believe that's dramatic irony, you know, because like we know that the creature is showing up, like that it's outside because we hear it kill the dog and like its footsteps are walking around. We get it, like we get creature vision for a little bit, but they they're not aware, and yeah. and so like they would have no reason to think that Otto wouldn't be going or gone, and we get a number of shots where at first like Otto's in the room with him, and then Otto isn't, and I was really I was powerfully anxious. During that whole sequence, like as anxious as the 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 brother taking him out, because I really didn't know what was going to happen at that point. Like the trailer, that that was another place where like the trailer didn't lead me to anything. But once and so again, I was wondering, like, is the is is she going to come back? Is she not? And uh, that had a really cool payoff, uh, sort of a dual payoff, because at one point, after a little while of not seeing her, we do see her again inside the house, and I was like, okay, there's some relief. And then it happens again, and and it it's pulled out again, and I I loved that. I felt like I was I was being played like a fucking fiddle through that whole sequence. I feel like for me, again, it was too subtle for its own good because ultimately it has no real strong payoff to the point where it kind of feels like it falls flat. Ultimately. I 
I find I find myself again between the two of you. I don't think I would go so far as to say that that any of this movie feels particularly empty to me because yeah. I, I don't I, I don't, don't think I don't know if it's like too subtle for its own good. I think it, it might be like too subtle for preference because like for me I I really appreciated that subtlety. I think I think a lot of it is a little bit. Uh, well, what I think is too subtle is I think that the creature, the the unseen creature that is Ada's father, should be more present in the rest of yeah. the film. Imagine if I, we voyeuristically, you know, saw things from afar. You know, see the sheep get killed. It needs see the yeah. the brother aim the rifle from afar. You know, almost through this creature's eyes as it's as it's watching. Yeah, that would yeah, add I, so much more tension to I the agree. film. I agree, and I think it would make it more of a horror film too. I think it would make it more of a true horror film because, like, it it's it sets up something really interesting at the beginning when we know that there's some sort of non-human presence that is out there and we are reminded of it in that one scene about a little over midway through the film where Ada goes outside and we can kind of see like the creature's silhouette like reflected in her eye and it's a cool shot Mm -hmm. and it and it kills the dog but then it's gone again until it suddenly shows up again at the very end and I I think that I don't even think it would have taken much. Like I think you could have even kept the film at a, a similar length. It would have been the question of adding, you know, a couple of dozen more shots to the film. I think would like I think that I think that the father's presence needs to be felt throughout the film because the film especially with the soundtrack is like whether it's effective or not that you know that that's a, a more subjective thing mm-hmm. but the film is definitely trying to tell you that there's something bad on the horizon but i think the actual threat of the bad thing is too absent from the majority of the film and it inserts itself at certain times but i i wanted to feel a little bit more tangible dread for the audio and visual cues that the movie was giving me that saying you should you should be worried and every time i started feeling worried that tension was pretty quickly taken away by like something sweet and i think that i think that the the really heartfelt emotional family moments of which there are many in this film and i like quite a bit mm-hmm. but i think that those would have been even more powerful if the threat was looming heavier for us. It doesn't have to for the family. They can continue to be oblivious of it. I think that's fine. But I think for us as the audience, we should feel that presence more tangibly. And I think that it would I think that it would make the film all around more more emotionally impactful. Yeah. Every I, aspect of it. I think that's an interesting take. It's not what I would want from the film, and I'll explain why. But I think I think it, it would bring more tension to the film. But I personally really liked that that character, that that creature operated as an act of nature and that it was just gone for a long time. And we wouldn't know when it would come back, largely because I think like as what it is, it would be the kind of creature that would it would be gone. It would be way over in the mountains and hills and, you know, like like a fucking 
storm or whatever, it would just eventually make its way back. I personally really like that. I think the issue is is more largely in what we were previously discussing is just the payoff at the end, which I do think still is like on paper dramatic. Yes. Um, I, I think I think it's 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 more of a, a matter of execution. And I can see why, like, you'd feel like you wouldn't be getting enough from it. But I do personally like that there is a there there is a period of time where like that cloud is removed. Um, and I always took like the dramatic stings and the tension. I should probably watch it again. But like I, I should watch it. Again. Um, but like I took those dramatic stings and tension as just concern over Ada running away, well, being lost, whatever else like that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll happily split the difference and, and say that I, I, I think that there can be a time where the, the, the storm cloud is gone, so to speak, uh, to continue to use that metaphor. But the time for that is in between the beginning when it first presents itself and then the scene where uh, it shows up again and kills the dog. If we want to have that that part of the film where we're getting to know our characters, we're getting to know Otto, we're getting to know the brother, all of this stuff, if we want to have that sort of be pure and, and self-contained, fine. But if you're going to reintroduce this mysterious creature midway through the film and have it kill the dog and like have it and Ada see each other, then at least from that point until the end, then it should be like, it should be a it more present. Yeah. Like if it's not going to be present throughout the film, like it should at least be from that point until the end, that should be the building threat because it really is like there and then gone. And then it's there again. And then it's gone until all of a sudden it's there again and frankly, by the time it shows up at the end of the film, so much other stuff had happened and we'd gotten so many other like dramatic moments with the family and like with the characters that I had almost forgotten about it. That like, I mean, do we just want to talk about the ending? Can I talk about the dog first? Because I, sure. I, it plays sure. into that. Sure. And I think one of the biggest problems I have with that creature is I feel like the choices they make with it muddy the themes they're going for with the film it killing the dog first and foremost doesn't really completely make sense for me the dog is one with nature you know if this is a stand-in for nature there's no reason for it to well nature kills nature all the time like that's the thing it's like it's a force of nature so that works for me i mean I never want to see a, a, a nice sheep dog killed for sure. Like uh, I do, I do, I do, lo- I, lo- I do love me a doggo, and it was it just, a it was a good pupper. But but I, I thought like yeah, I mean I like mean, watch the I Discovery mean, Channel. Nature kills nature all the time. In horror films, dogs are killed to prevent alarm. You know, like think of Halloween. Like the dog dies because yeah, the, then the, they won't get alerted. But they're in a remote area of Iceland. There's no need for worry for that. And, well, and they never they never even find the dog's body. No. Like we see we see like the dog's body like out way out in the fields like later in the film. But I, I think and I think that's the problem. Like I don't necessarily have a problem with the creature killing the dog. Like, yes, it's an animal, so it's you know, it's part of the natural world, but also like it's a farm dog, it's protecting the the humans and the sheep, which are their quote unquote property, it is sort of an extension of the humans like infringement on this natural landscape. Sure, okay, whatever. Sure. I, I mean, it's kind of a stretch for me, just because I feel like that's a little more than just you know a metaphor for 
the domination humans have over nature. The problem is that the the, the, the dog being killed serves no purpose. Yes, in the film. correct. Well, because I, if, I, here's exactly. the thing. Here's the, here's the problem though. If they come across the dog and there's a heartfelt moment, then a lesson has been learned, and we can't have our ending. Then like, we don't have to kill the dog. No. What is the narrative purpose to kill the dog? It shows that this 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 entity is like a force of nature, like that it's coming through, and that it is like, at least to some degree, like powerful and and malicious. Well, then, then why then why doesn't it like wreck the like wreck the barn and like let all the sheep out, or like why doesn't it do something that impacts that directly impacts the human characters in the film, which it is in opposition to? I understand that that's the purpose of it killing the dog but the fact that there's there's one there's one scene where the husband goes outside and whistles and calls for the dog and uh is like briefly perturbed by the fact that the dog doesn't come running and then it's immediately forgotten about shrugged off and completely shrugged off for the rest of the film if this thing if this creature is supposed to be in contrast to the human elements in the film, if it's supposed to be in opposition to the to them, then it should, if it's going to act upon them, then it should do so in a way that has narrative consequence. Uh, well, but like, okay, if, if the dog had lived, of nature. if the dog had lived when they'd gone outside at any point, like, and encountered the creature, the dog would have been there and that wouldn't have worked, right? But they don't encounter the creature, ever. That's, that's well, the very know. end. Like, like at the setup there, like that's all through the course of like that, that, that last day. Like, Why does the dog have to be dead for, for the, the initial encounter or the encounter with the creature at the very end? Because they're outside. They'd have the dog with them. They would. And at that point, the, the dog would have to die because like, like while they do not, while they view the dog as utility, the dog does not view them as utility. Right. And like, that's the problem. Why, why would the dog have, why to would die? the dog have to die in that scene? The creature, I mean, we're just jumping into the ending here. The creature literally takes their gun and shoots the, and shoots the dad. It's not one thing I want to mention with this too is the father is the I mean the, I think the only one the dog in the would film be acting as an alarm is not there. particularly hostile to Ada or Ada's development. The mother shoots Ada's mother, and the brother almost shoots Ada, and the creature would see both of these presumably. And so to have the creature kill the only one that wasn't hostile to Ada, it's I, like I disagree. I, I, I read I read that a little bit different too Same. because the way the the fact that it takes the gun and doesn't just like maul him to death that it takes the gun and shoots him, it's which awesome. is which is a, a weird a weird image. I love it. Um, but it's revenge. Yes. For it's revenge. I'm for, taking something that you love. Therefore, therefore, like, like you took something that I love. I'm going to take something that you love. Yeah, if it's, it's revenge, a return, it's a mirror. I would, I would have assumed that it would have killed the mother. Then no, 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 no. Revenge, that's not a mirror. It's revenge on the mother. mother. She, okay. Numi Again, kills. yeah, like I said, you took something I love. I will take something you love. You will still live and see it as I do. It that is a mirror. If it just kills sure. her, that's that's not yeah. the same kind of revenge. Yeah, that's why I really like it. Like that's the whole point of it. That, that's it, and again, like that's why the, we need to see it killed before the, the mother sheep is an innocent in the same way that. Ingvar, the human father, is an innocent. That it has 
no agency in what is going on. Its lamb is taken from him, and, and it is just it just wants its child back, and it is met with violence on behalf of Numi Rapaz. So the creature at the end takes the gun and not only takes Ada away with it, its child, but it also shoots Numi Rapaz's husband, so then she now has to live with the loss. Like, that tracks to me. The reason why it kills the husband specifically makes perfect sense to me. And if the dog had been there in that scene, the dog would have gone after the creature. It would have still had to kill it. They would have had to react to it, and it wouldn't have worked. I don't think I don't think that's that's necessarily true at all. I think you like the fact that it's shooting him with a gun, which you can do from long range, like the dog doesn't have to notice him at all or the dog can bark and he turns around and takes a bullet in the neck. Like it the the dog dying is not integral yeah. to that scene. You easily have the dog to, whimper off and scurry yeah, away. Yeah, the yeah, or or yeah, that's the thing. Is like this thing is such an incredible force of nature that the dog is afraid of it. Like it runs away rather than protect its master. Like there's there's so many ways you could have done it. Okay, that I can bite a little bit. Like, like I, but even still, like I, yeah, I kind the of the 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 killing of the dog as it stands in the film sort of just feels like a way to be like, hey, remember, there's this monster out here. Is coming back well, at some point. Yeah, I, I think dramatically too. Like it's a it's a nice like point of tension that that builds. Like even just mechanically, as sim- as simply as that. Like like it's yeah, a but, it's a it's a hard and scary moment. Like for the audience, it is it is. But then but then it's gone and forgotten about until it's not at the end. Like what I'm saying is at least at that point, it should be more of a more of a, a perceptible threat by the audience rather than just showing up for that one scene, killing the dog. The the people don't even notice the dog is dead. Just go on about their business. Well, I thought like while they're going about their business, like that whole time, like I was again, like anxious and intention because I didn't know when the creature was going to appear in hindsight. Sure. But like, like in the moment, like while they're going about their business, like it could come at any moment. I was expecting like it to be there, like at the bus stop. I was expecting it to be there when he went out for the tractor, you know, like on his way out to the tractor. And guess what it was? It worked for me. That scene played for comedy for me in a lot of ways. Seeing this big old sheep man with a gun. Well, it's not like mortifying. I, w- I wasn't like like pissing my pants at it or anything. Like I think I think that that academically it ha- it says a lot of really cool shit. It isn't scary. No, sure. I think, like I think and it is a, it is almost it is weird. It's funny. I think it's I mean, an, the, I think it's an imagery, image. It's, yeah. it, it is kind of funny. Just like just in the not not necessarily like the the concept itself but the way that it's presented cuz like Ingvar takes Ada out they're going to go fix the tractor you know they're going to they're going to go walk down the trail and fix a tractor and it's going to be a a nice fun sweet father daughter moment and Numi Rapaz is uh, taking a nap or something, and she wakes up, and she goes outside, and she's like, hey, where is everybody? She hears a gunshot way off in the distance. We're like, huh, what? Smash cut to the first time we actually see this creature, which is just a big CG sheet man uh with a gun and it's like the shot is like head on it's looking into the camera like the camera is looking down the barrel of the gun and it's such a ridiculous like absurd image that like i 
I laughed. I don't think it's necessarily ineffective, but it's just like, it's so absurd and so not what I was expecting for the end sure. of, of the film. Like, I was kind of expecting like a sheep man or whatever, like some... Like, like, it has a cool design. It, you kind of see its silhouette. Like, I was expecting like a troll or something, which yeah. which I got, but just like... Yeah, stare, it basically but just troll. like it, It's a troll, but just like staring <laughs> down the barrel of a gun yeah, not, that is like too yeah. small for it is just... Just like it's a funny. It's no, it's no. It is kind of like, funny. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I, I like that about it. I, I don't know if it's supposed to be though. I well, don't know if it's I mean, to, I, mean I, I think it, it is to a degree with the dark comedy elements of this film. For yeah, me. It, um, it, it works. The and thing is, I agree. I don't know if it was intentional. I, I think. Really. I think there's a degree of it. I think that it, it doesn't necessarily need to be binary. I, I think it can be all of these things, right? Sure. Like, uh, and that that's that's the big takeaway is that like, yeah, it is it is absurd, and for the same way that Ada is presented the entire film like almost comedically mm. it is as well where there's comedy but there's also like concern uh you know like there there's a there's a multitude of emotions to take in with that but like yeah no i'll give it like like comedy comedy is definitely there very present um in that i, w- but I will it, say i don't i don't love the cg of that creature the rest really? of the, the rest I of the cg it. doesn't bother me too much like it's it's not terrible like it doesn't look bad per se but i don't know there is it was there was something kind of jarring about it to me in a way that i that i didn't that i didn't love <laughs> to, to me it, they, felt, they it felt like what otto would look very, like when they grew up very modestly you know this big monstrous creature are you looking for like, this thing to like hang hang like goat dong is that what you're looking <laughs> yeah, for ben? yeah 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 y'all looking you for know, some goat dong? monstrous I, I i i think the goat ass is enough I appreciated it. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Because like, to me, it was like, whoa, like this thing is like what really got me about it is like how large it was. Like it was yeah. it's huge. It is like troll sized. And that wasn't necessarily as expected. I was expecting something like more like normal size, like the goat head would be proportional to a goat, uh, like oh, demonic see, I was, monster. I was imagining something big because when we hear its footsteps, it's they're very heavy. heavy. Yeah, I was imagining something big like I was I like yeah. I was imagining just a straight up troll. Mm. But I don't know. There's there is something. I, it's cool. It's cool because it looks like a big Ada. Like when Ada grows up, Ada is going to look like that, and it that's does. neat. Like you're you're not you're not wrong in that regard. But I think that especially the way it's treated in the rest of the film, like I think I was I was I was looking for something maybe a little bit more monstrous, or or I don't know. Maybe it's just the <laughs> that it used the gun. That's just like I I understand from a narrative perspective why, like you say, like it is it is the mirror, like it is executing Ingvar with the gun in the same way that Maria executed the sheep with the gun. Like I I get the parallel, but. It's just not what I was expecting from the creature's uh, uh, reveal at the end. Because I knew we were going to get it. I knew we were going to get a reveal of this creature at the end. But I wasn't expecting to just show him with a gun. <laughs> no, just, no one was. Shoot like... And just shoot, dude. And, like, there's, sure. there's something so, like, so inherently funny and absurd about that that I'm unable to to look past it to like the cool big scary goat man like i i i have a i have a hard time i have a hard time separating like it's just it's just funny to me and Here. it's not it's not like scary or monstrous in the way that i needed it to be here's what i think would help a lot more after i think that 
the issue for me was not necessarily the what of the payoff and not even entirely the how it was just the how much like it was a mm. grandness because again like you said like the tension is played up throughout the entirety of the film and it would have been really cool if there was just a little bit more i was hoping to get just just more of essentially anything so here's what i would like to propose what i would like to see is just the film continuing for just a little bit longer we have our moment where she she sees her husband taken from her puts him down and then she tries to go out after this fucker and it's just like going over the hills going over whatever we get lots of epic grand whateverness of her just trying to hunt this fucker down and inevitably failing and, and saving that for the sequel oh no no <laughs> lamb that, too there's not that's a lamb not gonna judgment not, day no no that's not what we need but like and it doesn't need to be much longer like i'm talking like four or five minutes you know like of her eventually like falling from exhaustion of eventually like like not being able to catch up with it or just being like fucking smacked down by this thing or whatever but but just just give me just a little bit more and, and seeing too like how Ada can be at peace with this creature or, or not necessarily at peace, but like Ada can fall back into the natural order with this creature, mm. and like, and like that's that's essentially that that would have been nice too to get some resolution with Ada because the film does such a good job of me like wanting to relate with this creature that I mean for fuck's sake like the title is like in reference to it like like yeah. we're here for the lamb and it would have been nice to see some to see like Ada as a troll honestly I'll, I'll like do, that's I'll do you i'll do you one better i sure. i don't i don't think i would like to see numi rapace like go i want to say hunting down i've been running after you know yeah like, I, I wouldn't i don't think i would like to see her going after this this troll creature in like an attempt for for like revenge like i'm gonna kill you for killing my husband and get my baby back i think what the tone of the film would would be better suited to is i think it would be interesting if she has this sort of moment of contemplation where she's standing over the body of her husband and she sees the troll and Ada like on a on a distant hill like maybe standing looking back at her and she has this moment where she decides that her desire to be a mother outweighs all else and she decides to go join them in the wilderness <laughs> and adopt and okay. adopt them as their new family i think that would be really interesting mm. because it, it would be interesting Very for multiple witch-esque. reasons yeah yeah exactly because like damn i didn't even thought would, of that it would it would be interesting from the perspective of like the troll which killed her husband in revenge for her killing Ada's birth mother, but then, but in accepting her into their family as a way of saying, like, I have punished you and now I forgive you. And her also meeting that forgiveness mutually and being like, you killed my husband, but I want to raise this child. I want my child back, so I'm going to join your family now. Obviously, Wait, not- yeah, I'm about to say because like, like if she's like, if she's gonna like be raising it like as a mother with this goat thing, are they gonna fuck? Like, where are you? Where are we going with this? We don't have save to- that for the sequel too. That, no. that- 
we don't need to get into we don't need to get into those details i i don't think that i, I mean i know you're joking but like i don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't i'll say think, i'm joking i don't want to get into those details i don't i don't think i don't think any of that stuff is important i think the the what is suggested by her joining this family is I mean yeah maybe they do fuck but that's not like it's it's the <laughs> it's, it's it's the absurd it's the absurdity of that act and the things that implies, it would match the absurdity of the rest of the film it's, sure it's, it's it would be the absurdity of that act and the things that it implies and the questions that it raises that makes it interesting and I don't want an answer to any of those questions or those details but like. It, I mean, it, it would make sense, right? Like, what is she going to do? Mm-hmm. She's She lives and works on this sheep farm out in the middle of nowhere. She's already lost one child. A troll has come along and taken her second and murdered her husband, leaving her alone with nothing. So what does she do? Go back to the farm and continue to live in despair with nothing? Or pursue the simulacrum of of a family with of of a and she's already accepted a lamb human hybrid as her daughter so is it so is it so outside of the realm of possibility that she would accept a weird a weird lamb husband a weird goat a weird (laughs) goat troll as like a surrogate husband or if not a husband at least a father for her daughter I think that's I think that would be an interesting way to end the film. Interesting. Okay. So the pro bestiality option. Okay. It's, it's no. <laughs> it's not and Now you have to defend that. <laughs> it's not about the sheep fucking. Listen. <laughs> it's not about the sheep fucking. It's about It's only incidental. So so now what, you've 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 made your I, agenda what I'm clear. What I'm trying to say is it's really it really it's about family. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. It's really it's about family. It's not, it's not about the sheep fucking. You know, the more you say it's not about the sheep fucking, the more it sounds like it's about because the sheep fucking. Because you keep bringing it up. <laughs> oh. Oh, man, that's good. I I will say, though, that I think she could also go back to the farm in acceptance. It doesn't necessarily have to be in in despair. I think that really, to to get to the nugget of it, we just needed to, like, get her, like, long-term response to the situation. We just need to see, like, how she takes it in and accepts it. That would have been nice because it would have given us as the audience an opportunity to do the same. Sure. And, uh, yeah, in any capacity. It could have been her going back to the farm, whatever. I think being alone would be good, you know, because we see the the stuff with the brother, and I and I think like that that being left as it is would have been good, but like, uh, yeah, I think that would have worked. Now, though, we've addressed the end of the movie. I do still have a couple of other points leading up through it that I would like to talk about. Sure. Things I enjoyed sure. about the film, largely, I really, really like how the tractor is utilized. I really like as as a plot device how it is talked about throughout the entire film. It is it is ever present. Um, And it ends up being sort of the demise of the husband, you know, in that like he's going all the way out to the tractor like he's he's isolated on his own. And that's when he's vulnerable to the monster, especially because he doesn't have his fucking dog with him. And so like that works really well for me. Like I I really like that it's it's constantly referenced and brought up and organically. I never thought anything of it when it was. Um, It was only like by the end of the film that I realized like, oh, yeah, this thing's been giving weight the whole time for this reason. Well, yeah, I think I think I think any farmer would tell you that the that their tractor is a very important part of their life. Listen to most of country western uh, music. But uh, also. 
also, Damn, the true. tractor operates in another way. It is given the same value and utility as the animals. It is a tool much like how they perceive dog and sheep. Yeah. And uh, I like that. And, and it's needed. It's needed in that capacity as well. So, like, the tractor is really important, I think, and uh, worth mentioning. And also, I said we'd, we'd, we'd need to come back around to it, so we should do it now. Holy shit, that VHS sequence where they find the brothers' EDM music. That is one of the oh, funniest yeah, goddamn no. things I've ever very, seen. Very, very funny. His, it's, uh, his, like, early 90s synthwave music video yeah, thing. With the weird dances. Euro, yeah. uh, uh, what is it, Europop? Fucking Eurobeat. Eurovision. Bullshit, yeah. Eurovision shit, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very fun. I mean, I like that whole scene in general where they're, like, watching the handball match. Uh, handball's a weird fucking yeah. sport. Yeah. Uh, that I guess uh, never even heard of it. No idea what that countries is. Countries like Iceland care about more than we do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that's that's a fun. It ain't it's football. Like, it's like a fun. <laughs> it's like a fun, sweet moment where it's like, oh yeah, we're all drunk and the game's over. Guess what I have? It's your fucking VHS from your music video like twenty years ago, and it's like fucking late eighties, early nineties, like synth Eurobeat bullshit, <laughs> like uh, you know, very uh, like. Aha or like erasure, uh, that kind of bullshit. Mm. Uh, you know, they're they're all standing at like very distances, bobbing ace, their heads to the left. Of, ace of base, you know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like all these uh, these like Scandinavian like synth pop bands yeah. from like the 80s and 90s. Uh, yeah, it's it's very fun. I liked that moment a lot. Yeah, the brother character in general. Um, I think he's the most interesting character in the movie yeah. by miles. I mean, he's um, flawed. So like, there's there's that. I mean, all the characters. I mean, they're they're all they're all flawed, but like he's he's the one who I think gives the audience the most uh, the most range in terms of like our feelings towards him, because he does have like he does seem to like generally be a good dude. And like he does have plenty of sweet moments with Ada. But then there's also the scene where like he takes her out to shoot her and the multiple times where he like comes on to Maria and like there's yeah, I want the, to get to that there's too. there's some implication that you know I the way I read it is that they have had an affair in the past at some point yes. and he's trying to he's trying to reignite that and she's just like and she's like no cuz every time he does it he's she's just like no don't do this you're spoiling like a nice moment yeah um he sees her in the bath because they leave every goddamn door open in this fucking house. <laughs> and he's like, I think I saw you because you wanted to yeah, see me. Yeah, okay. the door open so you wanted me to one, catch a peek. Well, what, one thing out of, out of fairness, too, we should probably also mention when it comes to, like, old farmhouses like that is they don't all have central heating. So sometimes you want to leave doors like that open so that heat can make its way into those rooms. That is another point I've been hold sitting on as well. That, that yeah, word actually it does mean, make this sense. this house isn't the most production design wise thought through there's a million different lights light switches when you know in iceland it's bright out for like 20 hours a day <laughs> like just a baffling amount of light switches well in the i mean house. you have to think the the inverse of that is because yep. in the summer it's light all it's, it's light it's for all like the 20 time hours yeah then in the winter it's like dark that's for true that same i mean this this is uh, this is likely an actual house in iceland yeah. like like it's not it's not a set um probably not i mean yeah. if it is it's, it's a damn good one 
point being, it's like we don't live in that fucking culture. Like, like I assume, and the people who made it do. So I don't know. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some credence on that on that front. I will say uh, on on the subject of the people who live in Iceland and Icelandic culture, uh, this film is the uh, highest grossing Icelandic film of all time uh, in Iceland. Hell yeah. Uh, it it you immediately go. shattered all of those records like opening weekend. I mean, we do have to consider that this is a country with a, a with a population of like 300,000 people. It's also their second film it's, of all time. Yeah, and it, it's also <laughs> worth noting that there are a lot of American films shot in Iceland. Oh, of course. Correct, yes, but this, this is, a, this is a, a, an explicitly Icelandic What's that production. one with that? Bjork in it, the dancer in the dark. Yeah, dancer in the dark, in the dark and, and other ones like that doesn't count. Secret Life, of you know, because it's like technically an American film or whatever. There's a billion films set in Iceland. Yeah, and yeah, so it's sure. not counting any of those. No, no, no. we're we're talking Icelandic productions. Uh, a, a truly Icelandic film, not one shot in Iceland, but made by an Icelandic cast and crew. Which bits us like two or so. Which is you know yeah for sure not very many films. Uh, but it did like break all of their records opening weekend, so like good for them. Yeah, it, it, it is their. Uh, I did read that it is their submission for uh, the 2022 Academy Awards for best foreign film. Yep, good for course. them. I don't think it will win anything. No, um, nor do I think it deserves to win anything. Oh, but I, well, I think I think it's, also it's Academy funny Awards because, are because yeah. I also, I don't so it's like I, I don't you know that doesn't Iceland really matter. Got their highest grossing film because a trendy. Art house film because brand of A twenty four. Yes, because of A twenty four for sure, for sure, for sure. Do you no guys doubt. have any other points? I want to go on a little bit of a rant. Here. Okay, um, and throw a rating at the end. Go for it. Okay, not since Freddy got fingered has the I felt like there been a better practical joke on theatrical audiences. Wow, I think this movie is a straight up parody. Of A24 and art house films at large from the totally unnecessary chapters placed into this film to the paint drying monotonous pacing of this film to the very flat color palette to the absurdism taken with complete seriousness and no irony this film plays up a lot of tropes of A24 and art house films and lays them right in front of you. I think people are going to eat it up without realizing the absurdity of all these tropes being thrown at them. I mean, okay. I think this movie is very hollow and there's not much to it ultimately. Beyond, you know, the joys of parenthood, I think this movie is pretty shallow, honestly. And it honestly, the biggest laugh I had in the theater was when I saw that Bellatar executive produced this yeah, film. Yeah, that was interesting. Because Bellatar is a master filmmaker, one of the greats of all time. And to see his name stamped on this film just kind of elevated the the art house parody element of it to me and the fact that this movie played for comedy a lot of times for me just elevated that as well i think this movie is kind of brilliant in that respect i think it kind of nails the 
art house tropes to a T. And obviously, Ada is fucking adorable. But as a whole, as a film, it was not for me. It was not for me. I I I think it was shot well, and I think it had nuggets of good things. But this this film again, I feel like it was a practical joke played on the audience, and I don't think there's really as much to it. I think it's actually kind of pretentious as a film, and just kind of hollow. I'm gonna give it a two out of five. Well, I'll rebut to that slightly. Like, I don't think you're wrong for disliking this film. Like, you're you're entitled to your opinion for sure, and it has problems. Yeah. But you describe it as a parody or as a joke played on the audience, but also say that most audiences will eat this up. And Cleveland and I both liked it. You yeah. seem you seem to be the one who really disliked it. Also, so it like, sounds like if it's a joke played on anybody, it's a joke played on you. Also, <laughs> I would like to bring up too that like like you called this movie shallow, but like you needed to have like the mirror part explained. I don't know. Like I think there was more to the movie than like like first impressions. Talk when. about talk about the greater themes of this movie beyond parenthood. What is this movie trying to say? Sure, happy to. Well, every, everything we've been talking about over the course of this episode, right? This movie has a great deal to say in respect to how we view nature, how we view, um, like, animals on Earth, like, uh, as, as tools, as utility, and not as, like, living beings until there's a personal element attached to it. Like, that's the whole point of the movie. That's the whole point of the lamb. As soon as they graft humanity onto the lamb, it's treated as a person. Like, again, like, what's why they don't call, like, they, they don't name their dog. They just call it dog because these people, like, view animals as utility, but they view humanity differently. You know, so when she kills the lamb, or so when she kills the sheep mother, like, she just views it as, like, throwing away a tool. She just views it as, like, like removing something, like, throwing away trash in that respect. And so, like when her husband is given the same respect or lack of respect, the mirror is turned on itself. And there's there's a really cool revelation there, I think. I think it's neat. And I don't think it's it's apropos of nothing. I don't think it's it's for the sake of nothing. I think it's all largely by design and thought out. And, you know, we're like, again, too, like you're you're welcome to to feel bored by like the the longer like ponderous sequences where we get to see the mountain and like all of the the uh, the valley, like I I really enjoyed. I like a movie where I can like sit and enjoy, it, and that's fine. But I I like slow burns too. But there there has to be serious weight to that where I don't feel like that was well developed enough to to warrant it. Yep, and I disagree, which is fine. I got a great deal out of this film. I think I think it works well. I think that it it tells things earnestly enough, um, and it's it's largely aware of the comedy. Um, and it, it plays it both. It's very European in that respect. There are several emotions you're supposed to take from any given scene. It's not just exclusively comedy or drama or horror or whatever else. It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of all these things. It's a soup. Um, and I appreciate that. I, I really like that in the movie. So I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a solid four. I, I really, I really like this film. Um, it did a lot for me. I want to watch it again, uh, pretty soon. And, uh, I, I just, yeah, I, I really appreciate, like, what this movie had to say about, like, animals and how we view them. Yeah, so, uh, like I've said, I, I'm, again, between the two of you, leaning slightly towards Cleave. I think that Shallow and Hollow are doing the film a bit of a disservice, mm -hmm. um, but I I would agree that a lot of the film's themes are, uh, I think, underdeveloped. 
Uh, I think that there's that there are a lot of like nuggets of these things, like a lot of good aspects to it that I think I would like to see developed a little further. I would like to have more of the impending threat of the troll monster throughout the rest of the film. I would, I, I think that would further enhance the, the, the theme of, uh, you know, the animal versus the human. It would further blur that. I mean, after all, the troll is a animal human blend it is a sheep and a man combined so i think that having that be more of a presence in the film would elevate that theme a little bit more ultimately i liked this film i didn't have a bad time with it it's very slow it definitely left me wanting more in in more than one regard but I enjoyed it well enough. I think it's well acted uh, aesthetically. I liked it very much, uh, and uh, I love the I love the 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 beautiful little sheep baby. I think she's precious, and I would do anything for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. Not a bad film, but uh, I think definitely needs some work to be elevated to uh, to the greatness to which it aspires. And uh, confusingly, does have Belatar as an executive producer? I mean, like who is I, that? He Belatar is like a is like a, a Hungarian like art house director. Uh, he makes extremely long, slow, black and white, like uh, deeply philosophical, character driven yeah, films. I mean, in 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 a is... lot of ways, I think Bell. I mean, he is he is truly one of the greats. But I do think he is kind of a caricature of European art house cinema. Well, that's the thing. What's so funny about that element to me is uh, Bellatar is the proprietor of slow cinema. But he also makes these movies with incredible philosophical and emotional weight yes. to them. Where, like, <laughs> putting his name on this film kind of tries to almost give it an emotional or philosophical weight in my head where it doesn't have that. I mean, I'll yeah. just... I'll well, just see, it's odd it, to me because, like, I I have no idea who that name is. Just, and, just, like, I did get a lot of philosophical and I'll just put it this way. Movie. Like, I'll, I'll just put it this way. Like... It's not like they just pulled Belatar's name out of a hat and slapped him on there as an executive producer. If he wanted his name attached to this movie, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't think this movie is is it's even, not really the nature of production. I, I don't Absolutely. think this. I don't think this movie is even half as deep as like any of the Belatar films that I've seen. Like, it 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 definitely was a uh, uh, a bit of an absurd shock to see his name as executive producer in the credits. Like, I was like, wait, what? Um, but like, he obviously sees something in this film. Sure. So I don't think uh, like he wouldn't put his name on it otherwise. So I I would say let's not let's not unfairly dismiss all of its merits like i just found it funny because sure i know i thought it was kind of absurd too but but he 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 saw something in it so he wanted to executive produce it so here we are yeah comedy does not necessarily have to undermine you know any of the rest i mean look at like so much of like like french philosophical comedy there's entire genres of that anyway that will give lamb an average of 3.2 out of five pods Next week is Last Night in Soho, right? Yep. Hell oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all excited about this oh, one. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. 
the new the new uh, film from Edgar Wright. Uh, I think his first real foray into like true horror. I mean, we'll see how Shaun of, of the Dead, dead but of, that's but... but that's like a that's you it's know satire. Horror. Anyway. Uh, we've been seeing the trailers for Last Night in Soho for fucking ever, and it looks rad. Every mm-hmm. time I see the trailer, I'm like, I can't wait to see that movie. Uh, so uh, that'll be that'll be next week. Uh, last Night in Soho. Oh shit! I hear new rattlings on, upon the shelf. The sponsor shelf has uh, replenished itself through unnatural means. Oh my god. Wow. Okay, well, this week was brought to you by a nice bowl of cereal, but instead of milk, it's cum. I mean, blood. It's blood. Blood in your in your cereal, and uh, don't be a fear real it or ethereal. It's it's blood. It's blood in your cereal. Go go drink it. Uh, all my fellow vampires out there or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah, it's, there's no milk in your cereal. It's blood. That's our sponsor this week. Blood in your cereal. Thanks, blood in your cereal. We couldn't do it without you. Mm-hmm. We really couldn't. All right. That does it for us this week. If you like the show, do the thing that I normally tell you to do. Go leave a five-star rating and a review for us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It only takes a couple seconds of your time, but it helps us out uh, in an exponentially beneficial way. So uh, please do. Uh, You can also, uh, if you so choose, become a subscriber to our Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. We've got a few different reward tiers over there. If you join the highest tier, the honorary pod boy tier, you can suggest films for us to watch on the show and you'll get a special shout out like uh, Sam Simon and Sarah Morris, who are our honorary pod boys. Thank you. We love you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know y'all are listening. Little kisses of appreciation. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure that was good for people's ears. <laughs> um uh, if you uh, you can follow us on Twitter at PodPeoplePod and at Letterbox.com slash PodPeoplePod. I hope for some people it was too good. Too good to... Do good. Do good. Uh, uh, yeah, you. whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our Letterboxd, if you go over there, you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to the episodes in which we talk about those films. You can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake if you want some bad content. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studios. We put out progress on It Stares Back. Stay tuned real soon for right uh is this gonna be coming out after Halloween? Yes. Okay, well go go to YouTube and check out the uh the spooky showcase from Dread XP. Uh we just put out like so many new trailers uh for our games. We've got a new trailer for My Friendly Neighborhood, we've got a new trailer for Dread Delusion, we've got a new trailer for Spookware Episode Two, we've got a new trailer for um Sucker for Love, which is gonna be coming out relatively soon. Uh, stay tuned for all of those amazing games. Uh, wow, there's some awesome stuff like coming out from Dread XP right now. So go go check them out. Oh, and go check out their website because uh, we just did a, an awesome redesign. Uh, by this time, we'll have done an awesome redesign uh, on on the website. Like, and you can look at all the cool games and stuff we've got going on. So go check out Dread XP online. And um, yeah, and of course, check out our work with Light Arc Studio on It Stares Back as well. Our awesome. 
a real-time strategy RPG horror game. New content coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of weird genre crossovers, uh, <laughs> strategy horror. But uh, yeah, that's it from me. All right. That'll do it for us this week. We thank you, as always, for listening. And, um... <laughs> Beep beep. Here, here, here come. Here come the sheep. Ugh.